created for the MAPE community by the MAPE community. Left Unsaid is a podcast where we speak our truth, celebrate our talents, tell our stories, and explore what matters most to us. It's time to leave everything on the table and make sure nothing is left unsaid. Welcome to another episode of Left Unsaid. I'm your host, Carl Desir, and I am still and always will be excited for these conversations. Our guest today has a, a lot to say about their MAPE experience, about their career. I just can't wait to jump in. So let's just jump in. Why don't you introduce yourself, let the people know who you are. Sure thing, sure thing. My name is Josue Mendez. I am the current diversity and inclusion coordinator for a tech company based in New York City called MongoDB. I am, I am, well, I was going to say Mongo. I am MAPE class of 2018. <laughs> uh, I interned over at Edelman. Uh, my professional development since then has jumped everywhere from TV, entertainment, to news, to being a freelance photographer, to nonprofit, to uh, you name it, I probably did it. So that's where I've been, but I landed in my dream job. Uh, working in diversity and inclusion and honestly that wouldn't have started without me so i did a lot right there i said a lot but yeah there's a lot to unpack oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah we'll get into it i'm ready so you know we got to do the red yellow green check-in right see how you're coming in today uh for our first time any first time listeners out there this check-in really kind of level sets everybody and how we're coming in red distracted but here green 100% here, ready to go, yellow somewhere in between, and Josue, if, you know, if colors aren't your thing, shapes, throw in some <laughs> shapes, do this, just whatever, how you represent how you are feeling right now in this moment, where are you? Let's check in. Yeah, no, I feel, I feel green, you know, um, I, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good, I woke up uh, earlier this week, I, I, I probably was a little bit more in the red, I was feeling a little down under the weather. Uh, in terms of a little sickness I've been getting, I don't know what it is. I feel like the allergies are getting to me. But a couple of days later, I'm good. I'm ready. Let's, I'm here to talk. Like everything's good right now. Everything's good with the with the family, with the friends. Like the job's good. Like I I can't complain. I can't complain. Your your energy is definitely definitely good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for being here. Let's just start. At the beginning, you said MAPE. You have a lot to, oh, wait, tell us about 2018. Tell us about your MAPE experience. How did you find out about MAPE? What was the application process like? What was your summer yeah. like? For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's a, yeah there's a lot there. Um, so uh, whew, I want to say maybe, I believe it was junior year of college, I was a lost soul. I didn't know what the heck I was doing with my life. And it was it was kind of getting to me because, you know, I went to a I went to a college. Uh, shout out to CUNY Baruch. Um, it's probably the, some of the best four years of my life. I loved every mm. single uh, year of my time there. Uh, and but, however, in my junior year, I was lost. I won't lie, I was very lost. I didn't know what I was doing, and I had all of my friends getting internships over at Google, over here, over there. It really makes me feel down bad when the only job that you have is working reception at the academic advisement office, you know? And I love that job, but that's not a full, I can't, I can't work the rest of my life doing reception at advisement office at Baruch. So I went to the, the professional 
career services office that we have at Baruch Cut Star. Mm. I went to my advisor there, a woman by the name of Ricky, who is now also in the diversity and inclusion space. So shout out to her. Um, she's the best. I love her. Like she's wonderful. I had a conversation with her where I was very honest with her. I am lost. I don't know what I'm doing. I have, if you were to ask me what even potential jobs are out there that I would be interested in, I would say, I don't know. I have no clue who I am, what I want in life. I just know I want to get paid. Like I need a job to make a living. You know what I mean? Like I want to move out eventually, get my car, like this, that, and the third, but I don't know what the heck I'm doing. At well, the you, time, yeah, I was. Wait, you 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 mentioned something interesting. Just sorry to interrupt you, but it's like no, no, because you said something. It was like this idea of like, okay, I want a job, but then you're like, but I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want, right? I don't want to get paid. Yeah. I don't want to provide for myself, you know. And I think that's a it's a huge thing, and a lot of people struggle with that with their throughout their careers. Like they go into jobs they they think they should do or that can just make money, but they don't know what they want. They don't know who they are. Right? And kind mm-hmm. of merging that kind of like that understanding of who you are to what kind of job and career you can have, I think is so important. So I, I just had to say that, but continue on with the story. I, that just really stuck out to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I, my the only aspirations I probably had back then was just starting a media company. But if you're asking what media company I want to start, I don't know. I just want to start one. I don't know. I had no idea what I wanted in my life at all. Like a lost soul, literally a lost soul. My academic advisor, Ricky, knew me to a fair degree. At that time, I was a pretty amateur photographer. I had, uh, well, I still do to this day, but my photography Instagram account had about a couple of tens of thousands of followers. Mm. Um, You know, I was recognized by Instagram during my time in college. Like Instagram, the company, like I had, uh, I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I, I had... Uh, lunch with the CEO of Instagram at one point okay. in my time at college. And I, I, some people kind of knew that. Like, some people just understood a general understanding that I just was really into this creative space. Like, and I wasn't half bad at it. Hmm. And she knew that. Ricky knew that of me, that I am a photographer. I am a creative mind. And I should entertain that. She has a advertising background as well, which is why she brought up Mape. She was the one who initially thought of Mape or brought up Mape. But I missed the deadline that year. Mm. I was maybe a month off. So there was no way. I was not going to get in my junior year. But she mentioned, listen, there's something called Mape. And listen, you're Puerto Rican. Like, you're you're, uh, um, a person of an underrepresented background. You should try to entertain this. Maybe you should check it out. Like, maybe it'll be good for you. Like, you never know. And that seed was planted at that moment. I was like, I never forgot that name, Mape. I'm like, this is my shot. Like, honestly, if I, I don't know what else I got. This is my only shot. I joined the, I joined Baruch's marketing club the following year. Did a couple of projects with them, made a couple of friends, and together we all sort of applied for Mape. And it was a tight knit group. To this day, we're still talking every once in a while. Like we, we haven't forgot about each other. Mm. We have a group. From the marketing club at Baruch, and this group, essentially, we all got into MAPE. We all kind of were, we all stuck with each other throughout the application process. We were all, like, hitting each other up, texting each other. Um, up until the day of that final submission for that video, because, you know, that video is always what trips people, trips people up. Yeah. I made my <laughs> video. <laughs> I did a, I did a, <laughs> um, 
a cribs my cribs oh, uh mtv funny. like parody for my video um i guess it worked i don't know people said that they watched it i i, I look back at it now and it's it's cringy now I, you know, I, but, i'm gonna find it i'm gonna find it on youtube yeah because <laughs> i love i love hearing stories about the video because i remember when i actually got the idea to introduce the video um from a miami ad school uh application that i did oh so long ago and I remember introducing it to Mabe and it was like, so people either loved it or they hated it, you know? Yeah. And it was like, most of the questions were like, what do I do for this video? I don't know what to do. Hey, this video is yeah. so hard. But it's like, but I loved watching all the submissions. Like, I didn't know all of them, but some of the, some of the videos were, <laughs> again, it really shows the difference is how people can be creative as they express. I mean, it shows, it really shows who you are and how you express yourself Right, and the idea of doing cribs, for, and some people do, you know, stop motion animation. Some people have a whole like production, and some people are just sitting in front of the camera, yeah. like, "This is me, I'm here." Yeah, you know, and I love, I love seeing the variety of it. Um, but I know it's, it's people either love it or they hate it. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, I kind of thought that's how the dynamic was in our group, where half the people, probably majority of the people, honestly hated the video like the application for mape is awesome except for the video to me <laughs> i i was actually extremely excited for the video because like anything creative like that like my mind is going off like how do we do this and i thought carl i thought it was hilarious for me to do a my cribs parody yeah, in yeah. a tiny apartment in the bronx that has nothing special about it you know what i mean i don't have a jacuzzi i don't have a pool i don't have none of that it's a tiny apartment and i'm like yeah you know what i'm gonna sh i'm gonna do this this is my crib <laughs> and, i love it um yeah it, it was it, I, listen i guess it worked you know it, it had to have worked because when i got that email saying that I, I got into MAPE. I lost my mind. I couldn't believe it. We went to that draft, that lottery in the, oh, the selection MAPE day. office. Oh, selection yeah, yeah. day, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I got, uh, that's when I got the news that I was going to Edelman. I was heading over to Edelman uh, do, uh, to serve as a public relations intern. I lost my mind. I, I was going to cry that day. Like I took, we all took our pictures together. Like we did it, guys. We did it, boys. We're here now. Like it is like, we were excited. We were so excited. I'm never going to forget those that day. Or honestly, that summer, that summer provided so many great memories. You know, we, yeah. um, I headed over to Edelman. Nobody from Baruch was going to Edelman. So I, I, I was scared in that regard because we were such a tight group that to separate from them was scary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we were at, on our orientation day, we were annoying. We were screaming, Baruch! Like, everyone there must have hated us because, like, <laughs> we were definitely the biggest, the biggest group there. Besides the point, um, I met my fellow uh, Edelman peeps there that day. Um, funny enough, right before this call, I was actually on a phone call right now with someone that I met at MAPE in Edelman, a co uh, co-intern of mine from from MAPE. I was actually on an hour-long phone call with her because, you know, that's the blessing of MAPE. You're so in touch with some people from MAPE and that connection, that relationship doesn't go away. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's been three, two, one years, like it doesn't matter. Like you go through this very unique process together and you can't get that with anybody else. Like it's only no. us. <laughs> it's only people in MAPE that kind of can connect with each other and kind of understand each other in that regard, um, have similar backgrounds and experiences. But regardless, I went to MAPE in 2018, the summer of 2018. I spent two months there 
And this seed of diversity kind of started there. I had me being very young in the industry, very young professionally. I, I, I was a little bit ignorant as to how diversity looked in, uh, in companies across the board. Uh, I kind of just thought that, like, I always hear stories about how there's a lack of representation in the workforce, but it isn't until you see it for your own eyes that it's a different story. I walked into my first day of Edelman, and I saw only maybe, it was a giant, giant space, humongous space. They have, mm-hmm. a, they're doing very well off uh, Edelman. But I only saw maybe one, two other people of color <laughs> when I first walked in on my day. On my first day of the in at Edelman, and it really stuck to me. That moment will never leave my mind. When I when I just looked around this humongous room, and I only saw one other Latino, and some and I don't know how this worked out, but that other Latino ended up being on my team. Mm. So I'm not sure whether that was coincidence or not, but I was so grateful because at the very least, I have someone that I can kind of talk to on my team. But that experience, that entire summer, never never left me because it, it kind of felt like the only real people that I can talk to, that I can connect with on a deeper level besides just sort of talking high-level, you know, high-level overviews of the work that we're doing. Besides that, the only people that I can really connect with were the other MAPE people. Mm-hmm that we had at Edelman. There was about maybe, I think, 11 of us at the company. And a lot of them became my good friends. You know, a lot of them were the people that, like, I <laughs> I, I didn't want to really, it was hard for me to talk to anybody else. Yeah, can imagine. Uh, there was one, someone from MAPE who was at Edelman with me. Uh, our first conversation, one of our first conversations was, uh, you know, she asked me where I'm from. I said, I'm from the Bronx. Uh, and she was like, oh my God, thank you. I'm from South Chicago. So at least I got somebody that I don't know what she she just assumed that we kind of could connect in that level. And we did. We were able yeah. to connect because that means that we just sort of had like, you know, we didn't have a a living on the Upper East Side of New York City experience where we we're going to private schools and all that. Like we didn't have that experience. We we're going to public schools like in, in, in not the best neighborhoods. Like that's what that's what our background is. And I was able to connect and relate with her. And it seriously if it wasn't for that mape connection i don't know where i would have been that summer i don't know what could have happened to me i mean it sounds like mape the connection started through that that's our surround mape started even before you got in with the with everyone you know band together for the application and really just you know forming a sense of community even just to apply and then i obviously yes i you know i think a lot of folks talk about the sense of community that mape brings um, you know, whether it's one other person, you know, or you're 11 people or you're in a, a city by yourself and have, you know, connections with Mapers that summer or even alumni. Right. And, you know, that you're alone. I'm sure that you say, and those, those bonds have not broken yet, which I think is, is one of the big, huge benefits to Mape, especially with what you're saying with like, if you walk into an office and you're one of, you know, very few people of color, you always have your MAPE community to turn to and talk to. Um, yeah. Which is like that silver lining and like kind of like it shouldn't, you shouldn't be one of few, but even if you are, you still have a community to support you. It, it just, it's, it hits different. 
you know it, it ends up making you feel like we're the avengers or, <laughs> or the power rangers or whatever or the x-men of whatever you know like it's it ends up just making you really feel like this is us we're a team we're together and in this big new world that we don't know much about and it it provides a feeling that i don't think i've had to that degree since mm-hmm. since me um that sense of camaraderie and that sense of just togetherness. Um, obviously, like I've had glimpses of it, of course, especially in my current role. But that was just something different about it. There was just something that we, we were kind of just we were in it together. Yeah, all summer. That's that's all we were doing. Some of us were going out of our way to talk to each other in our desks, even though we were not in the same team on a different floor. Some of us like went out of our way. <laughs> So we can yeah. talk to each other and hang out with each other, and I, I love that. There's something, something beautiful about that. Regardless, uh, my experience at Edelman really shaped, I guess, an early view of what advertising means to me, and mm-hmm. I kind of just realized I didn't like it so much. It wasn't really the industry for me. Mm. Uh, it was kind of something that I, I'm happy I had that experience, but at the end of the summer... I'm okay. Uh, I want to explore new avenues, new industries. I want to see what's out there for me. But I don't hey. think I would have got to where I am today, funny enough, if it wasn't for the last week of May. We went to McCann. McCann gave us a presentation. Mm-hmm. And this presentation was hosted by a MAPE alum who currently served, who, served, who currently served as the DNI champion at McCann. Mm. Uh, that was okay. his full-time job. And when I heard that, I, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. I was like, that's a job? <laughs> and this guy was, God bless his soul, he agreed to go out with our Baruch crew for <laughs> dinner that <laughs> night, for drinks afterwards. I don't know what made him want to, but God bless his soul, he decided to guess this. Y'all sounded like a fun group. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we're we're chilling, we're relaxing. I don't know what to tell you. We're always chilling. <laughs> so we got we got dinner afterwards, drinks, what so have you, and learning more about his role. Honestly, I I just it just stuck with me. It honestly never left my mind. Uh, I got to give a shout out. His name is Leo Wong. I never actually reached out to him again. So if he ever <laughs> listens to this, listen. Uh, you, you may not know this, but you really struck a chord with me because I honestly, I honestly believe him to be the sole reason or one of the biggest reasons what kind of led me down this path because I had no idea this was even an industry in itself. Diversity. You got it. You got to let Leo know. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. I really should have reached out to him and be like, hey, listen, you may not remember me. We got dinner that one time. I'm a can. Listen, you helped me out so much without you even realizing it. So, yeah. Listen, that's you know, what the community's for. I mean, now knowing it was Leo that went out to dinner, I <laughs> Leo's like one of the ultimate connectors. So there was no way he was oh. not going out to dinner with y'all. I know. Oh, so you I know actually Leo, know who Leo but, is. Oh yeah, Leo. I, oh. I, Leo went through Mape when I was running the program, and <laughs> Leo was like one of the ultimate connectors. So that's why I think you should definitely. He will probably remember. So just reach out oh, to him. Okay. Let him know. Cool. I think it's, yeah. it's so great when. You let folks know the impact you've ha- that they've had on you, right? Yeah. Um, that is one of the best gifts you can give to somebody, 
right? Especially when it's something like this. It's like you know, he helped even just by going out to dinner, by just sharing who he is and what he's doing. He helped change, you know, he helped open your eyes to a whole career. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's 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 the kind of impact you definitely should let him know. Yeah, I, you know what? You kind of inspired me. Maybe after this call, I, I got to add it to my to-dos. I got to tell him. I got to tell him. I gotta tell got him. I, I've thought about it for a while now that I got to reach out to him and tell him that, you know what? You nah. you quite literally changed my life <laughs> hey, <laughs> for listen, the better. So that's, I, that's something that you should definitely share with him, I think. Got you. Yeah, I, 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 might, I might end up just doing that, actually, right after, right after this call. Besides right. the point, you know, that's... Uh, that that conversation changed everything for me. It kind of really instilled into me that diversity needs to be a thing in every job that I go into afterwards. In every interview for every job I've had after that, I bring up diversity. Mm, I, I bring that. up, is there is there a person doing diversity here? If not, what are the diversity numbers looking like here? Like, will I fit in? Is there a place for me? Um, you know, I, 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 it's not that I need everyone to be like me, but just having someone like me helps goes a long way and make me feel comfortable, yeah. make me feel like I belong here. I, I, you just took the words out of my mouth. I was gonna say like asking those sorts of questions, checking in and making sure. Like, it goes back to even what you said before. Like, who am I? What do I want? Really, I want to belong. Yeah. And if I can't, if I don't, if I can't belong at a company at a place of work, then why am I going there? If I don't feel like I belong there, and that's you know, I think that's the heart of a lot of what companies are missing when they talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, that the under the, the through line of everything is like, are we a place where people feel like they belong? Mm-hmm. And if we're not, people are not going to want to work here. No matter how much you pay them, no matter what benefits you give them, they might come, but they're not going to stay, mm. right? Mm-hmm. If they don't feel like they belong and there's, you know, there's nothing that you could do. Once they feel like they don't belong, it's very hard to turn that around. Yeah. So I love that you're asking those questions. I think more people need to challenge and ask questions like, what are folks doing here? Not just like what are your diversity numbers, right? But like your diversity numbers are one aspect. Yes. But how do you make yes. sure people feel like they belong here at this company, right? Yeah. Like those are questions yeah. that I think are so much more important. They've always been important, but I think more people are realizing and, and asking of folks. So I think you need to keep doing that. Everyone needs to. When people bring up the term D and I, everyone looks at the D in D and I mm-hmm. and not so much sure. the I. Diversity is the hot word right now. Diversity is sexy. It's attractive. And that's what a lot of companies are really aiming for right now. How do we increase our diversity numbers? And it's fantastic. It's a great goal, of course. Let's get those. Let's get that black representation up. Let's get that Latinx representation up. Let's get LGBTQIA plus representation up. Everything across the board. Let's increase that. Let's become representative of the communities that we serve in. Right. If you work in New York City or if your company is based out in New York City, maybe have your company look a little bit more like New York City. Mm. But the other half of DNI is inclusion. What is the point of diversity if there is no inclusion? What is the point of increasing those numbers if those numbers don't fit in? If those numbers don't have that sense of belonging that I just mentioned about. Mm-hmm. It, we need to really be able to come into this to whatever company that we work at and make friends. I, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think that's a kind of controversial <laughs> take. This is something. This is a place that I'm going to spend more time 
than I will with my family. Yeah. Than with my own personal friends outside, I'm gonna spend 40 weeks in this office. The least I can ask for is at least a small community that I can be myself around. It's the least we can ask for. It's not that hard. <laughs> Honestly, it isn't that difficult. If you start with diversity and truly pledge yourself to it, truly commit to it, that inclusion really should be able to follow up. Not as hard as you may expect it to be. I went I, a whole tangent I, there. I kind of, my heart was spilled out right there. <laughs> Listen, that's, yeah, I can tell, I can feel it. But you're right. It's like, I think for so long, you know, it was diversity. Then people were just like, oh, let's put inclusion on top of that. But without yeah. really understanding what that means, because yeah, you can get your representation numbers up as much as you want, but if people aren't staying, right, people like to call it retention, right? I, I, I don't, you can't retain, you can't force people to stay. You can't retain them. You have to stay attractive. Mm-hmm. You have to stay, you know, keep making them feel like they belong. So they choose to oh, stay, yeah. right? Because everything now is, it's, everything has always been your choice, but there are so many mm-hmm. more choices out there for people to work at different companies, to start their own business, do all this stuff. How do you stay attractive and make them feel like they belong here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always said, like, you know, you can't keep people forever. It's not going to happen. No one's going to stay at companies for 100 years anymore. No. What I, but you want people to come and be like, wow, that was the best experience I've ever had at a workplace. It is time for me to move on. But now I'm going to go tell everyone I felt like I belong. I felt like engaged. I was challenged, developed, pushed. I got to move on. Yeah. But I'm telling everybody else what a great experience I had here because I felt a certain way. 100%. If, if companies can do that for people, like if, you know, if let's say the average tenure at a company for folks is two years. Mm. If you can get them to stay a third or fourth year because it's such a great experience, mm-hmm. that to me is a huge win. You're not going to get them to stay forever. Mm-hmm. Not possible. And hopefully they want to come back eventually. But it's like, it's all about the experience. And that starts with that inclusion with how do you make people feel like they belong? Yeah. What is their experience? experience at this company not what, what can we give them to retain them like that's it's such a it sounds clinical you know definitely less so less human i i have a, i have a couple of stories that i i can share that really changed my entire mindset that changed my entire beliefs as to what i should expect moving forward when it comes to any mm. professional development any professional career i have and it came from this current job that i never had anywhere else I had a conversation with someone on our finance team at my current company. I am I was aware before the call that he's from the Bronx, actually not mm. too far away from me. He lives in a neighborhood very close to mine. Mm. When I got on the call with him to talk business, to talk finances, we dropped any facade that we possibly could have. We were just two people from the Bronx, two kids from the Bronx talking finances. So you know what we did? We talked we threw in every single New York slang we could. I was myself. <laughs> I was my unconventional, my unforgiving self in that call, and so was he. And we were saying, we were saying dead ass. We were saying, oh hell nah. We were saying all of these. We were ourselves. And that call afterwards, I left that call like, did I just have the most professional conversation in my life while using the most slang I've ever used in my life also? And that Ooh. felt liberating to me. Yeah, I've I'm never sure. had that experience before in my life where I was my Bronx self. And I got out of the way from that conversation talking about finances, finances, talking 
Bronx talk. That was something I've never fought before. And that's an example of inclusion right there. Where I can mm-hmm. I can let my guard down. I didn't need to code switch. I was my genuine mm-hmm. self. And another conversation that I had that I would never never leave my mind. A lot of companies, including my own, we are adapting ERGs, employee resource mm-hmm. groups, where you know uh, uh, employees of a certain community can really band together and really you know have once again that sense of community. And uh, my company has the greatest name for our uh, <laughs> our people of color group, uh, Tupac, the underrepresented <laughs> people of color. Um, I thought it, I initially. <laughs> I initially thought it was uh, ERG just for Tupac fans, and yeah. I, was, I was so wrong. But I would have joined anyways. I was like, "Yeah, I'm down for it. Let's go for it, Tupac." Anyways, um, <laughs> but in funny. our in, in when I first introduced myself in the call, I just said, "Hey, my name is Sway. I'm the diversity and inclusion coordinator for MongoDB, and I'm from New York City." Very simple, very to the point. Someone responded, oh, where are you from in New York? And every time I've ever got asked that question, I actually, I don't even think I've ever gotten asked that question from the other companies that I've worked at. When I say New York City, people just kind of leave it at that because when people are not from New York City, they just think Manhattan and they call it a day. Yeah. But someone for the first time was like, oh, what part, what borough are you from? So I said, oh, I was taken aback, but I said, I'm from the Bronx. And then they said, oh, what neighborhood? I was like... Oh, okay. Whoa. I, I, again, I've never been asked that question. So I, I, I felt I had to explain myself. I was like, oh, I'm from this neighborhood called Woodlawn. It's the last stop of the... I got cut off. They said, yo, we know where Woodlawn is. And I'll never... That is a moment I'll never forget either. Because wow. I, I just I just sat there like... Am I with my people? <laughs> Am I with people that... Like, know my hood. That know my background. That, like... They knew. These are New Yorkers. And that's who I got along with. I got along with New Yorkers. I can get along with anybody from the world. But, of course, there's always a little bit of an extra connection when you're with someone who's from the same place as you, has a similar background to you. And that was the moment to me that I was like, those two experiences I will never forget in my life. Those were the two highlights of inclusion. That's how inclusion, um, that's real inclusion right there when you get to that point, when you get to that degree where there's no questions asked. That's it. It. I'm with. I'm with my people. I felt that way yeah. in Mape, and I, I feel that way now. And that's Mape champions diversity, Mape champions inclusion, and that's that's what I got from that experience. I got that. It, it's so interesting. That seed was planted in me. Three years later, that seed has officially grown, and I know I wouldn't nice. be here right now without Mape. I wouldn't be here right now without Mape at all. Yeah, I mean, I, touching on the MAPE, I mean, MAPE, your story with MAPE, like, finding out that advertising isn't the industry for you, I think MAPE is, and always will be, a place for people to explore career options. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you might think one path is, for, I mean, we've heard stories, because people think they want to go be doctors and lawyers, and they end up in advertising. People think they want to go be advertising, they end up over here. And yeah, a lot of times, especially, you know, for, you know, folks from underrepresented groups, they don't have the luxury uh, to kind of explore a couple different career paths where they find, but something like MAPE allows you to kind of be like, okay, I'm going to take this summer, figure this out. Is this the right career? Is this the right job? Is this the right path for me? And if it's not, like you said, know who you are 
and go do that. And you, what I love about your story about Maeve is like you found the type of career you want, and you also found out it wasn't in advertising. Yeah. So you went and did it somewhere else. Yeah. And right? funny enough, I, I ended up finding out what what career I wanted. Still in Maeve though. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. in Maeve that I found out what I wanted. It just so happened and, to not be advertising, but it still yeah. made it helped me get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the stories you told, like, it's one of the things I think, you know, you're like, I want to be around my people. I want people to understand me. I want people who know me. Like, you know, that small story of being like, yo, you know where Woodlawn is? <laughs> like, okay, I feel like I belong here, right? And I think a lot yeah. of, when companies go out and try to, you know, recruit folks from, from anywhere, they often miss the fact that they, they just send somebody and be like, go find them. Go, go recruit some people without understanding you know, especially in like advertising, we do so much work to understand the consumer. Mm-hmm. But we, but when we go to recruit folks, when we got to try to bring people into our age, we don't spend time understanding those communities, right? We just say, oh yeah, go to this college and you know, sell the company, and folks should want to work here. Yeah, but but no, folks want folks want to be able to talk to people who understand them, who know them, who know where Woodlawn is, who know who you know yeah. what certain you know, slang terms mean, um, you know, I remember hearing, talking to someone and they, um, were telling me a story about how like somebody in a meeting was like, you know, say less. And someone got like, <laughs> real offended. Cause like, what you're telling me to shut up. It's like, wait, no, no, no. Like, like I get it. I understand. You just don't have to say, it's, you know, it's like, you want to be able to be in a place where like, you know, even if you don't understand it, it's not like, oh, I'm offended. You know, I don't know. You want people to be able to understand you, be curious enough to, like, know you, right? Yeah. And that's how you, that's how you feel like you belong somewhere. Like, you don't need your, necessarily a whole community baked from the start because a lot of these companies don't have that. But you at least need people to be curious, genuinely curious and interested in who you are, where you come from, so that you feel like you, you know, uh, belong there. Completely. I... So I love those stories. No, I'm aligned completely. I, I I feel the exact same way. It's quite literally, I quite literally made everything that you just said into my job. I do this full time yeah. now, forty hours a week, and you know it's 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 not easy. I won't I won't ever say it's easy, but it's this is a growing industry by the day. This is growing completely. I think companies are finally understanding the value of diversity and inclusion, at least a lot more compared to my experience three years ago when I first entered the workforce. I'm seeing companies across the board really start start to champion this and start to really take this as seriously as they could possibly make it. And there's a long way to go. There isn't a book or a rule book or like a, a Bible telling us exactly who, what the rules are when it comes to this and how can we succeed. We're at the infant stages of diversity and inclusion as a industry. And we are learning as we go because no one has it completely set correctly. Yeah. Like no one knows every single thing that they need it's, to do. It correctly. changes. It's, I think it's, it's it so changes. hard. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's but, so hard because it changes so fast and, you know, you have to re, you have to keep like, often, we often talk a lot about, you know, no one's an expert. You have practitioners yeah. Right, you have passionate folks, you have practitioners, but you can't be an expert on all because you know as our aperture opens up. Speaking of camera talk, and we're starting to bring in more, more and more just understanding. Yep, 
right? No one could be an expert because again, things shift and change every day in, you know, and our understanding and what's in how communities understand themselves and what, you know, they want to be and how they want to be spoken to, seen as, and this. And so it's like, no one's an expert, but because we're all still learning every yeah. day. But, but without... Pe- yeah, people can ahead. rest assured, people can rest assured that despite the changes, despite how rapidly changing this industry is, there are people who genuinely care and are doing what they could to keep up with those changes to make sure that no matter what, at the end of the day, we're going to be represented. And we are going to be unapologetic about it. We're going to set our foot down. This is going to be us. We're going to be here. We're doing it. We're doing it. In five years' time, DNI is going to be even bigger. Ten years, even crazier. Fifteen, twenty years, forget about it. A force. A force that at, at that point, every company, or not, a good majority of companies have to have a well-established DNI team. I don't even see it. At that point, it's un- inexcusable to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, with, with folks like you coming in with this passion, with getting this better understanding, <laughs> I mean, I just look at, I have an eight-year-old, and she knows so much more without even understanding the concept of diversity, equity, and inclusion. She knows more about those concepts than I did when I was eight. And so I think as we keep pushing, you're absolutely right. Like the, It's going to shift and change um, so many different industries, right? Because you're in tech right now. Yeah. Tech needs help. All the industry. Advertising needs help. Entertainment needs help. Yeah. Banking, finance, everything needs help. And I think, you know, you're right. It's, 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 a, it's a growing force that will, you know, shift the landscape. And I want to continue this conversation. And I also know that, you know, you're busy. You got things to do. You got bills to pay. You know, you you got worlds and industries to change. Um, so I, I want to make sure that, you know, we, we allow you that time and space to do that. Um, we've talked about so much. Um, I love hearing about your MAPE experience. I can tell you're passionate about the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. You know, often on the, all the time on the podcast, we give our, we give our guests a chance to kind of leave the listeners with one thing, put it all out there on the table and make sure nothing gets left unsaid. So I'm going to give you 60 seconds for that piece that you want to leave folks with. Oh, I can, I can start right now? You can start right doing now. It? That's all right, doing cool. It. We're not leaving. Everyone in the DNI space, we're not going nowhere. We're here to stay and we're here to make a change and we're here to make a difference. And it, we're going to, like I mentioned already, we're going to be unapologetic about it. You know, we're going to do whatever we can to set our foot down and, and, and represent the little guy, represent the people who have historically never had a voice, at least a voice that was heard. We're going to make sure that in five years' time, ten years' time, tomorrow's time, <laughs> something can change and something will change. You know, that's the work that I've been doing and that's the work that I'll continue to do. Uh, MAPE has, making me, has made me figure that out. But MAPE is the best organization, man. I love MAPE. <laughs> I love my company. And and listen, I wouldn't be here right now without MAPE, without Leo, without Ricky. Uh, shout outs to all the people that have helped me along the along the way. The Baruch crew, the best crew in the world, you know. Uh, the Edelman MAPE crew, the best Edelman MAPE crew in the world, you know. I I wouldn't be here where, I, where I'm at right now without them, without everybody that I just mentioned right now. So 
we're we're making we're here we're making a change and man unapologetic yes. that's all it is that's the hot word it's unapologetic it. we're unapologetic i love about. it i love it i love it Josue, thank you so much for uh talking today sharing your experience sharing your passion with yep, everybody sure. it was a pleasure it was, really it was great. a blessing yeah yeah um definitely like you know you got a lot of people to think that help you get here a lot of people that help make this podcast a reality so thank you to the 4 foundation team the mate the the, the uh, left unsaid podcast team um everyone who's helped make this uh all the listeners because you know everything we do we do it for for you all Josue, thank you listeners thank you and until next time